you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If you had to say one, you had to put your right leg as a bet on this. Mm -hmm. And don't give me jive about like both. You have to gamble your right leg on this. The Rams are in the Super Bowl or the Jags are in the Super Bowl? Who are you more confident about? Ooh, more confident? Uh, uh, oh, it's the Jags. They have an easier road. The Rams still have the Vikings, the Saints, you know, Eagles now with wins back. It's just a tougher road. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. There you hear the voice of the L.A. Rams, Maurice Jones-Drew, weighing in about the Rams and the Jags, two of the many pro football teams for whom he roots annually. Go back and listen to the Dave Damashek football program from earlier this week. Maurice and Willie McGinnis with some incendiary hot pigskin takes. For you to enjoy, and uh, by the way, video action coming your way Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern, the Dave Damashek football program playing for you, and you can also download it as uh, soon as it's finished there. You can watch it live at NFL.com slash DDFP live, or if you're a lazy sort, you can go back and still watch it, NFL.com slash DDFP. Spoiler alert coming up. I ruin all the games for you with the scores. We have the 10-foot pole, the literal one. Me and Willie McGinnis with that. We're going to play some of that for you coming up later on this show. Um, we have some others. You know, Maurice Kibitzen about this, the exit interview from week two, so on and so forth. Much to get to in video and in uh, audio form, however you prefer. Meantime, the guy seated to my immediate left, you'll also see them in the video show if you consume it there. Otherwise, if it's too much handsome for your eyeballs, then Stop. just uh, put and just in. focus the camera right here. Then just put them. Just, just put them. Get, oh, don't get be Claybon a, out of the two shot like and that. put the solo on me. Don't. Uh, it's too handsome. Don't uh, be. I recognize modest. my you, limits. I, I know no. when I'm being overshadowed. I don't think. No. I don't think you do think that. I think you think. I really do. I think if uh, you look Clay in the Bond's mirror, a good looking guy. I think he's very handsome, but I think you also are upset close. with what. Not even close. But are you upset with what you see in the mirror? Yes. No, you are. Yeah, I am. I'm I like, mean, I, not I'm not upset. It not doesn't upset me. I just look and I go, God, I'm a weird looking guy. Well, I mean, I what, do you, what do you oh, want to change? I mean, let's. Uh, oh, I don't want to change anything. I just, oh. when you, you know what I mean? When you see your reflection, you're like, you're just kind of weird looking. You know, no. that's that's my initial kind of gut. I look at Claybon, I see his face is perfectly symmetric, <laughs> symmetrical. <laughs> I've declared He's got him. a nice, strong, square jaw. For sure. Uh, he's got good looking teeth, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, there's, nope. a, there's a lot to like there. Handsome devil. I've, I've said it many times. He is. Where I put him ahead of Handsome Hank, as a matter of oh, fact, yeah. who's out. But oh, yeah. We literally have... call him Handsome Hank. Yes. Oh, let me say a couple of things quickly. Uh, it's welcome. a facetious <laughs> moniker. <laughs> welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, as always. And we're presented by Old Navy. B-I-F-D is what the hipsters call it. I say built-in flex denim because, uh, you know, I'm old school. But either way, 
if you like uh, if you like the hipper cut, if you like the more traditional one, Old Navy's got the pants for you. Get them on your backside ASA and P and uh, and of course the video show at 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, also presented by Old Navy. Now let's say hello to everybody as we launch into NFL Week Three already. I mean, it really is crazy how whether it's the deeds that happen between the lines uh, for 60 minutes on Sunday or the melodrama that extends beyond it. It is the most captivating show in society right now, even with what's going on in our nation's capital. There is nothing there is nothing more compelling on a daily basis, just about 365, than uh, NFL pro football. And uh, let's kibitz about it now, starting off with the man seated to my immediate left. He is the handsome devil. You watch him on Up to the Minute on NFL Network. He's uh, he's one of the great uh, talents and one of the great <laughs> fellows around here. It's Patrick Claybon. Oh, we still don't have a music. For- Whoa, wait a minute. I forgot. It's been that long. He's that guy who hosts the show up to the mid. Right, I forgot we do have a song. Every dream he has at night has Jack Bauer been. Give your takes, then he'll give his. The arm takes men, yeah, strikes again. The arm takes men, right. He's kidding me. What's that movie you were in? Nobody heard of it. That's enough. I'm taking. What's that movie you were in? No one's heard of no it. No one's heard of it. What was it? It's Threshold, a 2016 film festival film. Threshold. I, wait a second. How did I miss this? Have we not <laughs> never discussed this? And it's right there in the lyrics of the song. It's I, the I, out. I, I somehow I missed. It's what well, we're that, left it's, with. It's the important part of the movie is nobody's heard of it. Hold on a second. What? what, what when are you? You when violate it? the tenets of the lyric. If you're we, a professional. Actor. No, no. Was, How did you get in this movie? I, I wanted to be in the movie. There was a connection with my wife, and she's like, hey, w- w- they need somebody to be a news person in this movie. And I was like, I can be a news person in a movie. That sounds like something that I could do. And so I went to a, a house. There was a green screen. I read some stuff. And did you have a trailer? I was in a movie. Um, Yeah, there's a trailer somewhere. I, I can show it to you. Maybe. Now, there's two meanings to the word threshold. Uh, was yes. it the literal threshold? Or the figurative threshold that it's, you would say a, describes this film? It's a figurative threshold. Okay. I was going to say, if it's a literal one, that might yeah, be a very cool like one. A, no wonder no one's ever heard of it. It's you're like just, a you're in, you're out. Am I in the room? Am I out of the room? I'm just crossing this threshold. <laughs> We're at the threshold of week three, so let's press on. There you go, figurative. And uh, the voice of the Los Angeles Chargers. Our cup runneth over here in Los Angeles-based pro football. We get And college, for that matter. We have Willie McGinnis, who I have declared is soon to be the defensive coordinator of the USC Trojans. They're oh. desperate need of his that would fit what they do boy wouldn't he recruit the the junk out of southern california to willie mcginnis they wouldn't could, matter well i know but i don't but, mean to be so dismissive <laughs> but that's that is definitely not their problem they recruit the heck out of southern right, california we'll get him in there as the regardless. dc yeah. you know he'll shake off the stink of belichick disciples and uh Ooh, now you're talking and that is that is what that coaching tree needs desperately that's right it's that rotten from good. the inside. Yeah, Cleveland Browns legend Willie McGinnis, oh, one of our favorites <laughs> in here, and uh, Maurice, voice of the Rams, and then Daniel Jeremiah, and uh, his pal, the voice of the Los Angeles Chargers, also the uh, one half of the finest radio show mm-hmm. in all the land. Petros and Money track it down on iHeartRadio, and of course he's on Fantasy Live, and he hosts a podcast called Free Money, aka Game Theory and Money. It's Matt Money Smith, everybody. All right. We don't need it. We got right, too much enough. to get to. Like I said, I want to get to Willie McGinnis with the 10-foot pole, the literal one. Um, everybody, you know, a bunch of ham and eggers will uh, talk figuratively, you know, about th- 
thresholds and yeah. about 10-foot poles, but only a real man will grab that literal 10-foot pole. Um, all right, let's talk about this. What do you react, as a matter of fact? We have the ombudsman here, or the omtakesman here, I should say, Patrick Claybon. Claybon, I declared him to be the omtakesman a couple of years ago line. because he doesn't react to what's in the news. He waits. He sits back. He puts his feet up. Look, waits for the media to react, and then he reacts to the media's Smart. reaction to what's happening. All right, react to Antonio Brown. They're not no, winning. the media's reaction to Antonio Brown. They're, they're not winning, and people freak out. Okay, and and that's it. And everybody wants to ascribe higher meaning, right? Because that's the whole idea of takes. It's the things that are said matter to the results of the game. It's like, oh, this person says this. He says he wants to be traded. That means there's problems. That's that's why they're not good. It's how you play, how you execute and talent you have on the field it results in a win and a loss. And sometimes I don't think these guys have really liked each other all along. You know, Ben there, and, and there might be and something Antonio to that. No, I probably think... don't like each other that much. And I don't think it matters to how they play. That's interesting, I guess. And there are plenty of examples on either side that, you know, all the the. Um, platitudes about 53 men, one heart, all that kind of stuff, playing for each other. But pro football players, I know, but pro football players do buy that. I don't mean that every single guy in every situation buys that, but it's quite clear. You talk to Willie McGinnis, he's no uh, delicate flower, and he was with Belichick in in that uh, building for a long time, and he will tell you unironically, it's just about setting aside your personal goals, your personal, uh, you know, sack totals or anything else and doing more for the team. Guys do buy that. That's not not nonsense. It's 100% accurate. I mean, it is a cliche, but it is the only sport, you know, it doesn't apply in basketball. It doesn't apply in baseball. It doesn't necessarily apply in hockey. Football does. I mean, if one person misses his assignment on a play, it will blow the entire play up. I mean, that is accurate. So you cannot be an individual. And that's why I think you tend to have issues with wide receivers because they tend to be the guy on the outside on the island that doesn't necessarily, at least regularly, have the assignment that is critical to the execution. It is interesting, the psychology slash sociology, and we talked about that with Willie earlier in the week too, is why the wide receiver? Why is that the one that yields the divas? It's not like left guards are, no. are typically. I think that's why. Because right. we don't we don't call anybody else. We don't call anybody else a diva. Um, you can have Bill Parcells, you know, retiring because T.O. is mean to him. Or you can have Josh McDaniels getting yelled at by Tom Brady. And the diva label never really gets applied. If somebody's blowing an assignment, that's an execution error. That's a problem on the field. A, a lot of the times we find out about a problem in the locker room and then it's a thing. But the things that we don't find out about, we never know about them. The Seahawks wide receivers or linebackers or everybody could be fighting each other days before the Super Bowl in the locker room before the Super Bowl and they win. And it's not a problem because they won because that's what we care about. But then we assign actual issues to things that we don't know if they actually matter or not. So if the Steelers were one and one, your contention is that there would not be this level of, uh, I mean, I kind of agree with that as a matter of fact. (laughs) It's like what Antonio Brown said today. Why did he leave before his availability? Because he was pissed off because they lost. Because losing sucks, especially when you're Antonio Brown and you've been good and you've won. I have no problem, as I've said many times before. You must choose media. What do you want? 
Are you are you taking shots at Jay Cutler? This is not a Goldilocks and three bears situation. Jay Cutler doesn't care enough for your liking, or are you going to scold people for caring too much, like you did Odell Beckham as well? Like, where, which is it? We can't both can't be but the same are. level because of it's all media. It, it's all media. I mean, it is all the story, and it's what you just said. It's the greatest show in America. It's the one that everybody watches, and somehow you have to create these storylines that will last from Sunday when that game ends until the following Sunday. And that's why we're here because we've already analyzed all the game film. We already know that Terrell Edmonds is in over his head right now. And if they're relying on him, they're in a lot of trouble. We know their linebacking core has not been able to find an adequate replacement for Ryan Shazier. And that's one of the reasons why the Chiefs were able to do whatever they want, wherever they wanted. So we're past that. So now we're on to... You should have just given Lev Bell that contract. <laughs> Can I just and say all that? This and would have been fine, you there, know? There are many other things we have to talk about in pro football uh, outside of uh, the captivating um, serial that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. There is? Um, yeah, well, they're, 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 as a matter of fact, the battle for L.A. looms prominent in my mind. I, I, I said. That's all on the field. I mean, there's really no off the field stuff <laughs> we there. Need, we so need it's drama. like, yeah, like whatever. They, that's I have to write my Sunday drama. column. You're my dear guests. If you would like yeah. to stay focused on black and gold, uh, you know, melodrama, then we can certainly do. <laughs> that as well um do you think though money that i mean another thing actually um takes me your opinion <laughs> matters here as well but now the thing is the 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 narrative is coach tomlin has lost the locker room and no one's listening to him and it's crazy in spite of what beat writers who are inside the locker room literally mark Kabali, our pal who's been with us before from the athletic um it said that there's no sense of that whatsoever that that is just can and, and, and completely a I'm national. Trusting. I'm fine trusting that guy. That, that that there's no sense that there's anything afoot inside that locker room. I just want to investigate the term itself. I want to know the scale. Like when when the needle goes to lost the locker room. Like what happens? Like how many lost the locker room points do you assign for a bad tweet? Like how many lost the locker room do you assign for somebody? retiring at halftime i don't know it's because like, i go back and forth i'm i'm inclined to agree with you but uh, the, the, and kind of laugh about that about all the the silly hyperbole around oh the, the, they they don't like each other and the, the, this is uh coming apart and there's no chemistry but like i say they believe it the players seem to believe that largely they do buy into that stuff it's the all that nonsense that we laugh about year after year no one outside this locker room believes in us and perhaps coach tomlin as he has in the past will use this to some <laughs> to turn it into some now everyone's against us now it's time to rally as men it's you know a, it's kind a of, gnarly sport it's a violent sport <laughs> and it's really hard to play it any harder than you're already gonna you know i mean that's <laughs> right. that's the reality of nfl football um i but but i do think and look i mean there's there's countless examples of both sides, right? I mean, people that come out of the Patriots organization, when they're spit out, when they're not still welcome back to Foxborough for their $10,000 autograph sessions, you know, and they're on that schedule, say it wasn't fun. It was miserable. Belichick runs that place like a totalitarian, totalitarian dictator. And I was and I hated every second of it. And. It works. They go to the Super Bowl, and then you hear Doug Peterson's the best guy. We got the best locker room. These guys go out to dinner together. The chemistry is magical, and it works. And they go to the Super Bowl, and they win. So you you really look, whatever you want in, in your football team, I guess, is a reflection of what your personality is or what you think your team should look like is probably what you're going to get behind. Uh, the one thing I will say about Tomlin, though, is I think routinely and, and – 
it's hard to push back against Tomlin because he has had so much success. But routinely, when you find a coach that players tend to really like and really get behind, it tends to get sideways eventually. And I think that's what we've now seen in Seattle is with Pete. The players love him. It's a player-friendly locker room. There is very little discipline. You hear that about that, you know, that the players police their own locker room. Eventually, for whatever reason, when it gets sideways, that's when these these commentaries come I, out. It is funny, and that's a And that's what happened example. at USC. And it happened to him at USC. And Cliff, think- Averill, Cliff Averill sat in, uh, in uh, the handsome devil seat there, Patrick Claiborne's <laughs> seat, uh, about two, two, three months ago. And that's said- why I never get told to sit there. And said, now I figured and this is what he said. Over there he said a matter of fact, play it, play it, MVP. I do think that, you know, the team would have bought in more into what Coach Carroll was saying instead of, you know, going the opposite way of, hey, this is what we thought we believe. This is what we thought the, the, the foundation of the team was. And that's not what happened in that in that particular play. So I think guys started kind of questioning him a little more, hmm. more so than actually following his lead. If we would have won that Super Bowl. Yeah, he said that uh, that was the moment he lost the locker room because he made a bad play call. And that seems to have, I mean, they, they never did anything after that Super Bowl. So well, maybe there is some truth to that. If if the play works, he's not going to quote unquote lose the locker room. I, I think Richard Sherman, ah, everyone, every, okay, everybody right. feels that way. But I um, guess, I guess, although I, I, not to interrupt you, but I think there is a qualifier there, right? Which is if the play works, he can position that call as, that's the play that I thought was going to work. When it doesn't work and everybody out there says he wanted Russell Wilson to be the MVP. Right. He did not want Marshawn Lynch to be the MVP of this game, and that's why he did it. You know, that way he can get past it by saying, I don't give a damn who the MVP is. I just want to win the damn game, and that's what we did. All right, let's and go, so, guys. And so I would counter the idea that Pete Carroll is a player's coach by having Marshawn Lynch on your team, questionably a guy that most of the team looks up to and appreciates, and making a decision based on – how you feel about him, that you don't want him to win the MVP, maybe Pete Carroll isn't a player's coach. I, I think a, a lot of guys have come across after the fact, and it certainly doesn't seem like they like Pete Carroll now. Um, perhaps they didn't like him at the time. One more thing about this and how fast, and, and one of the things that makes it so compelling is how fast your assumptions can change about things and the, why it's such a foolish endeavor that every summer there are people here and elsewhere who, who do. I'm going to go one through. Here are two analysts, and they're going to look at the schedule uh, for this team and tell you what their record's going to be. Only Damashek can do that. That's not, that's not for anybody else nope. to jump in on because what it reveals is how foolish the the, the act is we're three weeks in we're, we have 120 minutes worth of evidence on on these two teams playing in the Tampa St. Pete area on Monday night and uh, if if you had been in a coma for a month imagine if somebody <laughs> woke up like hey you woke up just in time for the Steelers Buccaneers game like I don't know I'm not that interested the Steelers got to whip this team right like their cutters probably got a foot out the door they're pushing them out the door like no no no, no, it's the other coach who's in more jeopardy right now is the perception. And, uh, and and everybody thinks the Buccaneers should win this game against the Steelers. It is funny how fast things can turn. All right, let me tell you about something, a personal change I've made in my life. Thanks to my friends at Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon with smart design, premium fabrics, and uh, simple shopping. Mac Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear and, in fact, already is. 
Dave Damashek. This is Dave Damashek talking. The most comfortable underwear and socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants. All the basics you need, the essentials you need to get by and try and keep pace with the likes of uh, Patrick Claybon. Not only do Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well. I'm telling you, they're very comfortable, highly comfortable, perhaps the most comfortable underpants and socks and so on that I've ever worn. They're perfect for working out. They even have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial it means they eliminate odor mm-hmm. and that is something that claybon and matt money smith are thankful for Darn and right. if you don't like your first pair you can keep it and they'll still refund it to you no questions asked i got uh, i got a gaggle of socks i got a pair of pants and i got uh i got some undershirts and uh and all all and, and handsome too also, not just uh, comfortable and antimicrobial. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, and enter promo code DAVE. That's D-A-V-E at checkout. That's MacWeldon.com, promo code DAVE at checkout, 20% off your first order. Go get it, A-S-A and P. All right, now let's talk uh, some some more week three. Eddie Spaghetti, what are you thinking back there? We had a... We were just laughing about your ad read. Or Why? Your, your What's tent? to laugh about? It was a little tough for you, but you're gonna you're getting better, and it's gonna be great next week. That's I don't what even we're know what that's on. supposed to mean. Antimicrobial. Don't I be. I thought you did a great job. Thank you, Emma VP. You're welcome. I think spaghetti's turning microbial, and we're mm. gonna have to do something to. You better get that. some antimicrobial yeah, to deal with that microbial. We better we better just drape him in all Mac Weldon products. Darn right. Know? Yeah. Does it like suffocate Effective. the microbes? Do, do they just go away? Don't uh, don't mess with science. I'm just trying just to accept it. Just be happy you live in a world of science. They run like hell. They just exit your body. It's going to have to get what out happens. Got to get out of here. We're going to get to the red challenge flag picks here for week three. The biggest games coming up here. I'm really legitimately excited for a bunch of these. Um, specifically, though, the battle for Los Angeles. It was my preseason prediction for Super Bowl 53. I think the Rams are well on their way, but the Chargers tend to scuffle for whatever reason. It feels like uh, the char- don't the Chargers feel like they're always behind the eight ball and yes. having to work their way back out from under it? And it, I mean, the way spoiler alert, I have a hunch the Rams are going to get this one. We'll get we'll we'll make our picks official in a little bit. But if they're one and two immediately now, we're back to they've got to work out from under something instead of flying high. They should have. Well, I mean, uh, the Kansas City game was a big one. I yeah. thought that was a big one to set the tone for the season because I think most people that looked at the Rams knowing that Bosa was banged up, Verrett's now out for the season, no Hunter Henry, now maybe he'll come back. It didn't line up well for him. So getting that Kansas City game, which when you think about how it played out, now look, they went to Pittsburgh, he threw six touchdowns, Kansas City offense, great defense is terrible. And the fact that they gave that game up on special teams at home uh, is is one they they very well may look back at and go, what the hell were we doing? I mean, in week one, we really gave up a 91-yard punt return for a touchdown and fumbled a freaking ball on the two, you know, a muffed yeah. punt on the two, and, and we lost by 10. And there's your 14 points right there. I mean, offensively, we went blow for blow with this team. And it was special teams, you know, and that's why, hey, here's another well, cliche for you kids. All three phases. All th- you got to win in all three. How, I mean, but. And they got slaughtered in one phase of the game. But think about if if we could undo that outcome. If both these teams were 2-0 and right now, that would be the buzz. Because a lot of people in August jumped in on yeah. the Chargers. If they were both 2-0, and this would be, that would be the talk right now. This is a no Super question. Bowl 53 preview. As it is, it's sort of like, yeah, the Rams are going to win this one, right? Yeah, yeah then the Chargers will be. <laughs> I think because they see the D 
defense isn't the same without Bosa. Yeah, that's, I mean, they, they, that's they, he is such an integral as you would expect. I mean, what would the what would the Rams be without Aaron Donald? What would the Broncos be without Von Miller? I mean, I think he's that impactful of wow. a player. Lofty praise for Joey Bosa in his absence. All right, money. Let's uh, before we jump in on pro football, we have two uh, college football wonks uh, sure. seated in my immediate left today. So let's uh, get into it here. In the Pac-12, by the way, this is one of those years that's already shaping up to be a little unsatisfying for the for the average college football fan because it's just it, it, this is one of those SEC years, huh? It's just that that's the way it is. It's just a weird thing to say, Dave. It it is. It's annoying because SEC fans tend to be obnoxious about about their conference, and in spite of the fact that in the last couple of years that hasn't exactly been the case, it hasn't been SEC dominance throughout. But this year, it kind of has that. That. I mean, you still got Clemson. Like we're, All right. we're still, got, in still got Clemson. Okay, well, maybe I'll be proven wrong. Tell us what's going to happen in the Pac-12 gem. Stanford, Oregon, Claiborne, choose. Uh, Oregon at home. Feel good about it. Money, you uh, like that? Um, I don't. No, I think I'm going to take Stanford. And Oregon's really good this year, and it looks like this is their bounce back year. They've got one of the best quarterbacks in the nation in Herbert. But it just it seems like Stanford kind of has figured something out. Um, they got a great receiver on the outside in Arcega Whiteside. They're leaning on Costello, their quarterback, a little bit more. So even when Bryce Love can't get it going, um, they've got other paths. So I'm, I guess for me, it's just a prove it game. It's like, hey, Oregon, you're undefeated. Your defense looks really fast, and you got a good quarterback. But I want to see it. So until I see it, I'll still take Stanford to run the North. Off offshoot of that one, Mark Helfrick up in the uh, booth um, with the Bears. With the Bears, and doesn't it seem to you? I mean, it's just two games in, but of course, Trubisky played uh, the the majority of 2017. Isn't there? He looks great. He moves great. Trubisky. You know? He looks big out there. He's a, throws a beautiful ball. He's yep. Dangerous when he takes off. He's a big dude running down the field, and he's fast and he's vaguely elusive, I guess. Um, but yeah, he throws the ball nicely, and yet. I feel like that I, I'm going to stand by what I said at the draft two years ago. They should have taken Jamal Adams. Mitch Trubisky is, I don't, I, so far, I'm not, in, in in an age of talented young arms rising up in the last three years, there's there's now a preponderance of good young QBs that look like they're, they're going to be the franchise guys. I don't know that Trubisky is high on my list of uh, of that group. I mean, it's hard to push back, right? Yeah. Because Mahomes and Watson have all had their moments, and Trubisky has not had it yet, and he was taken ahead of both of them. Yeah, and I guess the argument might be that you don't necessarily need Mitchell Trubisky to be Patrick Mahomes or, or what Deshaun Watson was last year. Your hope is to get a starting quarterback that's a guy who can be on your team for 10 years. You know, you only have to pay him for – That's the key. For four or five of those years. And if he's average, if he's in the 15, 16, 17 range – Okay, that that's what it takes. You you take a quarterback in the first round. No, you no I don't think you can get away with that. I I, I just don't think you but can. But look do at that. the other investment, right? So the other investment: two first rounders on Khalil Mack, yeah. a first rounder on Leonard Floyd, a first rounder on Roquan Smith, a first rounder on Fuller. So they have five first rounders invested in really good players on the defensive side of the ball. Where, okay, we hit we hit the jackpot with this Jawan Howard fourth rounder, fifth round pick, whatever he was, and this Tariq Cohen change of pace. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. they've done enough with their first rounders and kind of finding some gems that 
they I, can maybe get away with Trubisky, like Patrick was saying, for four years on that rookie deal and still win. The thing to me, though, is that it feels like just two games in, so this is completely unfair, and yet I'll say it because uh, that's my way. I like to recklessly <laughs> speculate and uh, denounce people without any information to back it up. But looking at those first uh, two games, it feels like this is a product of, and I don't like this as a general rule, that the NFL is the teams that succeed. It's fun and everything. Yeah, it's cool that the Eagles won the Super Bowl and everything, but it's more and more turning into a coach's game. You know, I don't like that. And that's fine if you're a college basketball fan because those kids are only going to be there for one to three, maybe four years. And so you want a coach who you can lean on because the other stuff is transitional around it. So you can attach if you're an Indiana fan. I love Bob Knight or I love Coach K at Duke, but it doesn't work. It's it's unsatisfying that it's like, oh, yeah, they cooked up because the, the Bears but uh, two games in a row now. Oh, the first quarter, like, oh, clever. Oh, they're catching the other team with their pants down. Then as the game goes on, it's like, ah, yeah, the other team can really have has a chance to rally here because of the way the Bears QB is playing. And I, I think you'll have a more satisfying feeling as we get as the weather gets colder and there's more on tape. And it's just you get to that time of year where, you know, Cam does what Cam does. Aaron Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers does. And coaching is kind of mitigated. I hope so, that. because am I right, though? We'll, am get to, am I, we'll get to see what Mitch can do. Isn't that that is. Am I crazy um, that that's not the best thing? Like the George Popovich is more important than Kyrie Leonard. That's like, that's a bad. I, I don't think that's what you want as a sports fan. To me, I, I, I would I would actually push back on that. I still think it's a quarterback league and, mm. and only because I think a good quarterback will mask so many problems on a team. And, you know, and I, and I kind of get to see it every week with Philip, who I think, again, call me biased, whatever, is so wildly underrated. But for the limitations that he has had on that Chargers offense, what he is able to do with it and continued to put points on the board, whether he's down three offensive linemen or has a running back that's hobbled and is averaging 2.5 yards a carry, has one legitimate wide receiver. It just continues to go because he can overcome it. Same thing in New Orleans, you know, with Drew Brees. He, you know, for whatever their limitations are going into any game, he's able to overcome it. So I still think that position, I mean, heck, how long have we said it for for Aaron Rodgers? And we saw it last year with Deshaun Watson with the Texans. I mean, look at him right now. Their old line is terrible and he's struggling right now. But man, when he was at his prime and peak for those five games, it's like, look at that one guy, what he's able to do to overcome all the other obstacles in his way. That first game against Cincinnati for Deshaun, I did feel like Bill O'Brien was easing him in and hiding him a bit. But then the reins were off the rest of the season. I still feel like in year two that Mitchell is is kind of being uh, disguised. Held back a little bit. Like, don't trust him. Just just a little bit, especially in the fourth quarter against the Packers. That, that, that seemed odd. Yeah. We like to identify guys that we feel like are a little underrated, even though they're held in high regard. They're just not, like you say, about Phil Rivers. Another guy now, this has gone on a little too long for my taste, how about Jordan Howard? I, You know, I realize, you know who he is because I like to make the cross-generational comparisons with that. You know who I realize catching, when he catches a pass now, if, if that's in fact something he's going to sustain, is uh, he's like William Andrews. Anybody of a certain age remember William Andrews from the Atlanta Falcons no. ruined his knee? No. You don't remember Money Smith? God, no. Money makes me feel so much younger better. Than I, I am. I don't. Absolute 50. William Andrews, number 31 for the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> in the early 80s, destroyed <laughs> his knee, oh. and it was in an age where they couldn't just fix it up, but that's who he is. Just a, just a moose who, who can get, when he gets ahead of steam, look out, but is also nimble enough and skilled enough to catch passes out of the backfield. He's been great. He was great. He was and every he was bit rookie. as good as Zeke his rookie year. I mean, remember, every bit as good. Do you remember? Uh, now I can tell you the two Jared colleges Riggs? he went to. You know, I know Jared. you can tell me the one college that Jordan Howard went to, but can you tell me the two colleges he went to and 
why he left his first one. Yeah. I can't tell you why he left his first one, yeah, but I know yeah, he's a blazer. I know he was. I know he's down blazer. there at UAB. Oh, okay. And why did he leave? I don't know because they decided not to play football. Exactly. Oh, that's right. They gave themselves a one-year death penalty. <laughs> they uh, little to no reason. The uh, the state-sponsored school there, University of Alabama. You know, they got a location at Tuscaloosa. And they also happen to have one at Birmingham, and the uh, the fine folks over there at Tuscaloosa just decided, oh, whatever, we don't need a Pro second one. Pro Football Factory, let's Indiana get rid Universe. of them. Hey, Bl- Bloomington, wait, that that was the critical step. Let's for get him. rid of the Blazers. Tevin Coleman. Is that, name, is that Legion Field? Is that the name of the field? Legion. Yeah, UAB. Historic Legion Field. Gene Bartow. Absolutely football. catering in right now. They were. That's a basketball school, though. Gene Bartow. Yep. Right. See, I know. Well, I know. You do you know Gerald Riggs? What do you mean, do I know Gerald Riggs? Well, I mean, he's the one who took over for William Andrews. Like, you can't ever, like I don't know who William Andrews well, how is, long of course William, I know Gerald Riggs. How long Riggs. did William Andrews play? For about five, six years. Okay. You're a little bit older than I am. He ruined his knee, and that ended okay. his career in an age when you could, right. didn't just come back Gerald from bad Riggs. knees. Gerald Riggs was Jerk. Good. He was great. <laughs> I love Gerald Riggs as well. All right, next up, A&M Bama. Take it, Claybon. Yeah, I, I would go with the University of Alabama. Yeah. 15 points or more? Absolutely. Yes. A whipping. Coming, uh, yes. coming up in... Uh, Jimbo will get oh. it right. Jimbo's going to get that right. I think right. he will. Absolutely. The resources he has... The will he be in a final four in do. the next three years? Yes. Really? I absolutely if, believe if that. He gets, if he gets a quarterback... Yeah. Um, it I is baffling that, that that's the most well-heeled uh, uh, program in the country, and yet they never really do anything. I mean, they're yeah. bowl... Obviously, they're always playing in a bowl game, but they're never in... Uh, they never compete for a national title. No, this is... He's... To my, at least unless... I... Totally believe fish, that Jimbo will get it right there. I really do. The resources you have at that school are ridiculous. And he's a good coach. He is one of the good, great coaches, I should say, in college football. And uh, and great recruiter as well. So All right. I'm skipping Wisconsin, Iowa, because as I said, it's an SEC. You season. don't want to talk uh, O-line versus O-line? <laughs> no, I don't. You want to talk Paul you know, Christ versus uh, Kirk, Kirk Ferentz? Ferentz get Pittsburgh. up at 10 a.m. and watch it, it pains me to say so. Kirk Ferentz is a Pittsburgh guy. It's weird that his name is always in the mix for a pro head coaching gig in spite. I mean, uh, the Hawks have had some good seasons, but uh, it's think, weird that he's always in that mix. Like what is it that Kirk Ferentz is because saying? It's a, pro the- style. it's a pro style program. They produce NFL players. You get D linemen, you get O linemen in every single draft that come out of there. It's the most important part, you know, save the quarterback of an NFL team. So I think that's why it it, would- it's, it's died down a bit. Like yes. Six or seven years ago, it was really, it was bad. every it's year. Like, hey, Kirk Ferentz is going to have to get an extension baby. Cause this guy yep. is going to bolt. Like, hey, did you guys have speaking of Pittsburgh guys, I watched last night. Finally, the Mr. Rogers, documentary i've not seen it yet i cannot wait to see it i mean if only you know if only we could have cannot wait i mean people say wouldn't it be great if society could be like that how about if we just had like 20 of those people in our society now that that would be enough did you cry because that's why i haven't watched it i don't don't feel like crying yet it's just i I mean i guess i didn't properly weep but it is it's very a little misty it's just very it's very touching it's a it's a his Relatively the finest simple, human beings that ever walked the earth. Really is yeah. uh, really nice, and it's also uh, fun to hear the Pittsburgh accent. If you aren't familiar with what it sounds like, <laughs> you'll you, you will be aware of it by the end of uh, Mister Rogers telling you about the what's going on in uh, what's going on down in uh, Pittsburgh. Round, yeah, we shot it down at uh, QED. That's where we shot Mister Rogers. <laughs> That's how they say on the outback. Not on the outback. <laughs> People, you know what's funny? People always, since I've gotten to L.A., I don't get, are you Australian? I do get, are you from the Deep South? Are you from Alabama? Like, Alabama? What? Is there, are there, are there notes of Deep no. South in the Pittsburgh accent? No. Or is it no. just my weirdo accent? No, unless you're talking about, like, Queensland or Melbourne or 
I just dude, Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> dude ain't playing good ball. When they're gonna realize they gotta replace him with Mason Rudolph. Um, hey, by the way, Mason Rudolph, maybe he'd be a he'd be the clever play, the sleeper for you in your DraftKings lineup. You want bragging rights, you want huge cash prizes. That's why you want to play DraftKings this weekend, the leader in one week fantasy sports. How huge is it? We're talking over two million dollars in total prizes. Go to DraftKings.com or download the app today. Use the code, this is the important part, D-A-V-E, Dave, to enter a contest for free this weekend with your first deposit and compete for your share of over $2 million in total prizes. That's code Dave, D-A-V-E only. Wait, not D-A-V-E. Yeah, No, I did spell that right. Wait, I got that right? D-A-V-E? Okay, good. Yeah, that is right. the correct spelling of my name. <laughs> I struggled to just get through. This one's but good. You know, you know what's not a struggle? DraftKings. That's that's how you that's that, that's easy money. That's simple. That's uh, code Dave <laughs> only at DraftKings. The game inside the game minimum $5 deposit required eligibility restrictions apply. See draftkings.com for details. Again, go play it. You want to get in there. You're the GM. You get the players. It's free. DraftKings. Use the code Dave. All right, we ready? Not yet. What I want I want to do what what Emma's got on her uh, rundown here. Oh, okay. What do we have on the what 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 specifically strikes your fancy? There? Item number three. Hey, by the way, I while got, you I only got three of them. You mentioned MVP, <laughs> and uh, MVP has another edition of uh, of the broadcast podcast uh, I do. out there for you um, with her friend Erica Tamposi. Make sure you find that and listen to it and laugh to your heart's delight. Um, where who's the guest? Uh, who's the guest star this time around? YouTuber Amy Ordman. All right, yeah, she's go. She's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great. Um, better than Erica. Yeah, really, definitely. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. So listen to that, and while you're out there searching for podcasts that amuse, you know, you should download and listen to Dave's of Thunder. I heard some feedback on social media within just the last 24 hours. Funniest podcast out there. That's what somebody told me. Wow. Or somebody said to me, wow, tweeted to me. That's a rave we go. That's really big. Yeah. That was pretty cool. So, awesome. Yeah. You should. Uh, you should. got to make a movie poster, you know, and put that right there on the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Funniest podcast out there. Dash. Super small font. Oh, no. Uh, oh, actually, that's. I, I didn't Twitter finish it. Twitter handle. I didn't finish it. It was. It was best. Funniest podcast out there. Period. Oh. Period. There you go. That's signed. Send Eddie Spaghetti. Oh, oh, see what you just started there? What's that? I know. Started it was reading an in Eddie it. Spaghetti tweet. Here we go. Do we have an intro? Can we get uh, Rich Banks yeah, to we grab really the intro for Let's Read Eddie's Tweets? Until yeah. we do get that, though, just play the Use Your Noodle. That's that's as close as we have to a theme song for Spaghetti. <laughs> so get together and canoodle. We got the whole kit and caboodle. And why the questions, they may be futile. It's time for you to use your noodle. That's like uh, that sounds like uh, from Howard Stern if Bobo yes. sang, a, sang a theme song. That's uh, basically what Good that stuff. one sounds like. Yes. So uh, this one has a visual element to it. He's got a photo of his ghee and his uh, <laughs> brain octane oil. <laughs> So, uh, what, what exactly? Ghee is like what? It's butter it's without the, the. It's clarified butter, yeah. Clarified butter, butter that all the uh, the fancy, you know, good looking, in shape folks like to use to cook with. It's the bulletproof coffee. That's and why I started making it. Home. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they put it in their coffee. 
instead of cream or something like that. How about you just drink it black? How about that? I used to. I've, I've tried many different ways, but yeah. I've been getting so uh, tired this, lately, like 2, 3 o'clock, and I, I, I like the way the Bulletproof coffee tastes. So, so here's a uh, brain Honey oil. and I have an, an incendiary relationship where food's concerned. Sometimes we, we line up uh, thick as thieves. Other times we couldn't be further apart. Just I, drink I, black coffee. What do you care what I, if I put a cream in my coffee? I like a nice cream in it. He's putting brain octane oil and ghee in his coffee. <laughs> you don't know what any of that is. What, what so is, how can what I, is I brain octane oil? It's, it's from uh, coconut. It's like, uh, co- it's like a more refined coconut oil. Is so, it just coconut oil? No. It's not. It's no, not refined. So, so, it's like a different. So you can't get the refining activity from regular coconut oil, but you get. Uh, according to the Bulletproof website, probably so they're not. putting yeah, something. Could be so they're putting something in it. Yeah, there's an no, additive. No, it's natural. They're both natural. Then it's just it's, a different. Sticker. Then you would just get it from the coconut, right? Uh, the the actual coconut. Yes, I'm not sure. I, I don't know the exact science behind it, but I, I believe in it. <laughs> now, there was. That's what, I mean, that's what <laughs> if you want to placebo it up, do it up. But I will. Just... I will read the exact ingredients. I will get back to you, Patrick. I, <laughs> Eddie Spaghetti, yeah. target audience. There was a uh, there was a caption. There was a caption on this photo, by the way. Uh oh. Firing on all cylinders. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you did it, spaghetti. I have felt uh, better for what the, the what it's worth. You're Paul O'Neill in his pride. About a week. <laughs> a, little, um, a little more pep in my step lately. Oh. One more real quick. Eddie on uh, his perhaps concern about officiating in football seems to be a hot topic right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> no matter what DBs do, it's P.I. How about the refs are limited to take like five to seven total penalties per game and they got to decipher which are the most important to call? Boom! Great idea. I've Football's solved fixed. it. I think it is a good idea. <laughs> I've solved the problem. Because you can pretty much call holding in every single play. All right, you so have good ideas, Spaghetti. That's, yeah. That is not one of them. It, Wait, they, they should go in saying, like, you only have five flags. It's unfair. Refs. It's unfair. I'll give them seven, seven to ten, maybe, instead okay. of five. But I, I, it's unfair Football Eddie's not as fun as non-football season. Like, yeah. 90 of his tweets are, Saquon should have broke that one. He doesn't This like- whole line stinks. Odell needs to reach more. Yeah, I do. I clog timelines on Sundays. Besides that, I'm... Oh, Sam yeah. Donald would do better behind this line? <laughs> I like. It's just I like this. I like this kid Saquon, but he's got a long way to go before I'm gonna recognize him as Otis Anderson, <laughs> MVP. I'm I'm on the Saquon train, so it's not true. Oh, and two. Oh, when does the puck drop for the Rangers? <laughs> when do the blue shirts hit the ice? They, he is, was that one real? I'm actually, no, I I'm, actually one I'm actually petrified for the Rangers this year, so I'm not even. Not, I not thought we had a shot at Carlson. What happened? <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> if Kyrie knows what's good for him, he'll put on the blue and orange yesterday. Um, I think that Spaghetti is very upset, as a matter of fact, when I keep asking everybody, if, uh, including him, if he recognizes that it might have been a good idea to draft a quarterback. Oh, he's not. Oh, yeah. He's, you asked he's Maurice and Willie. They both said no. Did they? Yeah. What do they know? They what do they know? I call it a say quandary, just so I can Ooh, make good. a bad pun. Mm, good yeah, one. That's why I it like works. it. works. All right. Let's hit the mute. Oh, is that, uh, did you get your fill yeah, of I'm Spaghetti good. here? I'm good. All right, all filled up on uh, on spaghetti. That brings us to, you know what goes good on spaghetti? Some red sauce. Let's get Ooh. to the Red Challenge Flag Picks. Red, red Challenge Flag Picks. Ow! Ow! Let's get to it, fellas. A um, callback to a, a, a 
playoff game was a it was a wild card game I think two years ago played in our nation's capital Kirk Cousins hosted Aaron Rodgers oh yeah that was the whole uh, Aaron Rodgers made the big rally and uh, told everybody that was that wasn't the relax or was that was that the relax year I think maybe it was but either way Aaron Rodgers sounds right rallied the team right. they made the playoffs they beat up on uh, the skins when they got there um, so let's make our picks here I'm gonna start with you Claybon. Packers skins. Cheers. I'm going with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers on the road to knock off Washington. Boo. I got Boo. that one, too. I got it That's at 31-21. Oh. I could have started to be swayed in the Alex Smith era there, but that stinker against the Colts. How did that happen? I think that the Colts have. It's supposed at, to be one of the best old lines in the league, right? Right. But I do think that the Colts have, although relatively anonymous, I think they do have – yeah, it's back to the old thing. You know, it, the thing about experience and, you know, veteran savvy and all that. Yeah, that's all great. But if I had to choose, give me young, highly talented guys over guys who are on the wrong side of 30 and have the uh, the much ballyhooed yeah. uh, vet savvy. And I think the Colts have defensive pieces now, as a matter of fact. They'll- that doesn't excuse blowing <laughs> it at home the way they did. They, they stunk. Yeah. They'll have you on your flip card, but ultimately the results make you believe maybe the team can play. You don't know who any of the guys are. I think you're right, I'm, and, I, and I'm pulling it up right now to make myself sound smart um, because I obviously know who Malik Hooker is uh, you know, from his time at Ohio State, and he is special if he stays healthy, but I did not know who Darius Leonard was when he came in to the draft out of South Carolina State. You know, Our big brain scouts, Bucky and Daniel, knew, and they're like, oh, no, this dude can play. That dude can play. I mean, that guy can flat out play linebacker, and he wrecked the Redskins. And I think it's just a reminder, and it goes back to the conversation we had earlier about a quarterback. Andrew Luck's that good. He can mask so many things that are wrong with that team because he is that good, and he can keep you in a game where other parts can now step up, and maybe if they go a little bit above and beyond, can get a win like they did in Washington because he's just that good of a player. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, I, I not to talk about the Colts when we're picking the Packers, no, and the, I, the Redskins, but yeah, I don't know how that to jumped sense. out at me. I, I liked Alex Smith, but I also think that, you know, Andy Reid, you look at Patrick Mahomes, I keep saying this, but in a world of alleged QB gurus, Andy Reid is in fact that. And maybe, you know, maybe moving on from that isn't the best thing for Alex Smith's career. Jay Gruden's had some success, obviously, Kirk Cousins, and he worked with uh, Andy Dalton, but that was more Hugh Jackson's guy. So worked out pretty well for his bank account, though. Yes, so, true enough. He's doing okay. Yeah. True enough. Actually, I wonder if if he's now perceived to be a if he would if he'd be two and zero he might now be perceived all the he was the butt of the jokes a couple of years ago. Wait, I think they meant to hire John, not Jay. Um, wonder if Jay's now uh, perceived to be the better coach. Either way, I think. Oh, by the way, that's what I started to ask you about before. Do do you take? The Aaron Rodgers covers up a lot of uh, a lot of the yes. mess. Otherwise, yes. in Green Bay, everything. Hundred percent. Do you take Tom Brady saying in our discussion of is it a QB league or a head coach league? Do you take Tom Brady saying if Aaron Rodgers were in this system, he throws for six thousand yards every season? That is a passive aggressive shot at Mike McCarthy, right? No, I. I've- I think it was self-deprecation. Yeah, it's a little bit of self-deprecation. It was intended that way, but but it is. But it is. That's what it says. Yeah. For a guy whose birthday is a national event, and we celebrate every single post or comment that he makes on Instagram, Tom Brady taking a chance to uh, a little self-deprecation, take a a little shot at him. Yeah. I don't know. 
just, I, you, just to feel human. But you see the dig. But, yeah, though. but I wait. Aaron Rodgers. I, Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay, and that whole team's built around him. But that uh, that bum system that he has to run, yeah, that holds him back a little bit. Because if he were here, he'd be way better. Because yeah, Belichick's but I think that's that's kind of I think that's universally accepted, right? I think most people accept that Mike McCarthy's yeah. not a great coach. That Aaron Rodgers is, you know, the most special talent we've seen at quarterback in a long time. Um, I guess if it were Vice, nah, I'm not. It's going to be a bad analogy, but I guess it would be like if now if Aaron Rodgers stepped to a, a lectern and said, "Hey, maybe Tom wouldn't seem like a robot if he wasn't playing for Belichick." That would be a shot, right? Like, hey, yeah. playing for that guy's a nightmare. You're not allowed to have a personality. Hey, if Tom were here in Green Bay, maybe he'd be laughing a little bit more and and might you know grab some ass with you guys out there, something like that. I mean, because that's drop him into this crummy system though. He'd be lucky to go for twenty five hundred <laughs> over sixteen <laughs> there you go. games. Um, all right, next up, the best uh, rivalry in SEC country and the pro ranks. It's the Saints. It's the Falcons. Matt Money-Smith. Choose. I'll take the Saints. Ah, all right. Claymont, a little red heat in favor of the uh, the Falcons there. I'm going with the Saints. Explain yourself, Claybon. Um, as, as impressive as Marcus Davenport has been, and they've needed somebody else to get pressure on the passer, yeah, he's, he's just been a little, just been a little slow yeah. at making an adjustment coming off of an injury he was dealing with in camp. And I just haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. This team's still missing Mark Ingram. Uh, the volume for Alvin Kamara hasn't really worked out. He's still a spectacular football player, but I, I just see Atlanta at home, um, coming off of a game where they were able to get red zone touchdowns. Some of them were in third down. One of them was a crazy Matt Ryan rushing inexplicably. Didn't he rush for two? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like, what? Despite having, you know, Sarks running hitches again from the eight-yard line, everybody's running a hitch. Matt Ryan just makes a play to get in the end zone. But it works. They they got points on the board, and I feel as good about Atlanta despite the injuries uh, on defense. That I did to start the season. So I, I just I believe I, the Falcons win this game at home. I think this is a confirmation bias that I decided before the season that the Falcons were going to be really good, and that had everything to do with how good the defense was going to be. Then they lose two key pieces from that defense, and so now I've jumped off the ship, and so until otherwise informed. Yeah, no Deion Jones, no I'm just done. I'm, I'm, I'm off the Falcons. The thing for me, too, is like we've got this, right? We've got this history. We should know better by now. The Saints – you know, start slow. They start 0-2. They start 1-2. and They say, And then what do they do? It's like, all right, let's go. Let's shake off the beignets <laughs> and the uh, Camellia Grilled Cheeseburger and let's just get after it, okay? And then they just come alive and everyone's, they become everyone's Super Bowl pick around week 12 or 13. Are they still up in West Virginia for August? The Greenbrier? I think. The, the Texans got that. Oh, that's right. The Texans took that. Oh, they came out here. That's right. Because they come out oh, here now. that's right. Last yeah, two yeah, years, yeah, they've right. come out here with the Chargers because Peyton and Anthony Lynn are real tight. So that's say, kind of their new thing. Couldn't have been late nights in West Virginia that uh, <laughs> get, uh, that caused the All the falconing part. out there at the Greenbrier. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get Ooh, to that. That would be something, though, huh? Like if it was the Falcons and the Saints that did battle and they and they went to the Greenbrier and all the players had to participate in the Falcon. Uh, and you know, Sean Payton would be out there with <laughs> right? a leather sleeve <laughs> taking a picture. <laughs> jab, jab. Yeah. All right, Claybon, I think it's you and me because we know which way Matt Money Smith's going to go. I can't this, wait to hear what you out. say. No, don't sit it out. you got to do it for your team. That's fine. You said it. I, I'm influenced by the bias. Yeah, the Los Angeles Rams. I didn't even ask it to you yet. I you thought you were about to ask me. Here we go. It's the Chargers. It's the Rams. Claybon, choose. Rams. I want to take the Chargers, but I can't. I thought you were going to throw it in. I can't do it. The Rams. That's why I got all excited. I don't. I and in fact, I I feel like this is might be one of those years 
where the the like the Rams should go 13 and 3, 14 and 2 and they're going to um they're going to mess up most teams that they see. I don't I I mean I don't think there's going to be a lot of like uh, with that. they survived this one an overtime win here, a last second kick there. I think they're just going to smoke teams. I don't when you have Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue and two other guys that can also uh bring the heat. Rockers, who's probably the most complete lineman of the three of them. And and the secondary that they have, and then you have the, the the boy genius that everybody gushes over constantly. Unless Jared Goff, unless you think like, yeah, he's he's going to get exposed at some point. Uh, you know, he's as I think that's the path to victory. I do think I, I do think that's the soft spot. I do. I think okay. if, if you can I'd hit, that. if you and that's and that's the that's why the addition of Whitworth and Sullivan were so big, where they could anchor one side of that line. And if you notice, that's where they run a lot of their screen action, a lot of their short plays is behind the left side, but. I do think if you if you can get to golf, if you can hit him a couple times, he gets a little shaky back there. And I'm not saying he starts seeing ghosts or anything, but you can get him off. I he think. does. He is slight. That he he does just uh, to. He's the a eyeball. tough guy now. Don't get me wrong. Like he'll get out and run and he'll take a hit. But if you get him clean a couple times, I do think that can change. And that's just. I mean, I think that's the path. I mean, it's the only way I think the Chargers win is they're going to have to create at least two turnovers. You and know, we still haven't seen. He hasn't had those seminal moments, really. Right. And so, I know, mean, it was the Gurley show last year. It was a lot of underneath stuff, and Gurley made, you know, he's he is a special back, and that was their path to victory. A couple of Rams games this year, it seems like Sean McVay has just tried different things, and, and sometimes, sometimes it works. Just they, they have so much talent. It's like, oh, let's, let's get Todd on the edge. And Todd gets 15 yeah. yards. Oh, let's, let's take a shot to Brandon. The trick that, <laughs> it's just it's the, every, it's all working. The trick that McVeigh pulled with being able to recall every play, you know, give, a, give him a little information about that. First of all, Maurice Jones-Drew can do that about his own plays. If you show him the the pre-snap of it, he can say, "Oh yeah, this play goes for ten yards." So, you know, I run behind here. He can do that stuff. Can every NFL coach do that? What percentage do you think he's alone in being able to do that? Well, oh. they'd have to be a play caller, obviously, um, and I think. Chances are they probably have to be kind of one of those, you know, what McVeigh is, kind of a, a film room guy, you know, as opposed to a former player that coaches by feel. But it's these guys that, you know, the old <laughs> yeah. schematic advantage, yeah, you know, right. that or, or the Brad Childress, you know, programmatic non those guys that think what you said, that they have to win the game with their smarts. So they're always kind of chronicling what's the perfect play in this particular moment. I think they could do that. And I think the feel helps him as well. When you're when you tell him down in distance, he knows the way these are my catalog of plays going to approach that play. And it also doesn't hurt being 32 years old. So you don't have 68,000 plays to remember. He's got five years worth of plays, not 50. I guess that's a great point. I guess that's fair. But in this to go back to where we started, in an era where it is, if you have this uh, this mastermind computer brain technician guy running the show, Doug Peterson or or Nagy or McVeigh or whoever it is, and Belichick, uh, you know the OG with that, is it still or and uh, Shanahan up in San Francisco? Is is it is it even fair when the defenders of Tomlin go like he has a feel, like he knows how to motivate a, a room of men? Is that is that even a real thing in 2018? I mean, is that a thing that that matters at this point? I guess it depends who your coordinators are. You know, right. if that's what, that's if that's what your skill set is, you know, you got to have good. I mean, look, 
Phil Jackson was not a great X's and O's basketball coach. Um, he just kind of had came along at this moment where that's what that Bulls team needed, and he had Johnny Bach, and he had Tech, you know, to run the defense, and he had Tex Winter to run the offense, and he was able to be kind of this. Okay, what is this team? This team yeah, has but, talent. I know what they need. And what does jo- and Joe Torrey? It's not like right. he had some uh, divine sense oh. that other skippers didn't have. It. Yeah, I think All it depends the talk what you was, have. He knew how to manage those uh, millionaire egos in the in the Yankees. Yankees clubhouse. Yeah, I mean, the Rams had a head coach who was very well liked, you know, and was a bad coach and (laughs) damn near got his rookie quarterback killed. So they needed someone to come in to come up with great plays to put his quarterback in a good position to build some confidence and and, and get this team to move. And if you have the ability to facilitate smart people and allow them to do your job to do their jobs, then that's that's what a coach is. I'm I, I I'm just I, I feel like I'm just uh, hitting the tip of this iceberg. I'm re- realizing now that this coaches league thing. I don't think I'm all in on it. I don't like. There it. we go. It happens. We I just do don't it like it. I'm, I I I suddenly I, I don't you want that to be bit? true. You see how I don't want that. You, to I'll be tell true. you what though. You know what the key is? I think for for McVay is that, and I give him a ton of credit for this. He most of these young. Uh, film room guys, computer simulation, whatever guys that that run 10,000 plays and determine what the right one is. They're so obsessed with being accepted by the traditional football coaching community. McVeigh does not care. McVeigh's like, hey, man, I'm out, I'm out here and I'm doing, I'm calling my plays and why, man, I'm so happy I got Wade. Wade knows how to coach. Wade knows how to handle personalities. Wade's running the defense. You know, John Fossil, he's out here doing everything. I get to just recall my plays. That's what I'm here to do. You know, he's really good about that and he's not trying to puff his chest out saying, hey, I might be 32, but I can hang with these guys. They oh. follow me into battle. Like he doesn't do any of that. You know, one thing that really did bother me uh, spiritually, as a, if I were a part of the Giants fan base, it would have really bothered me. Is I like a guy who early on says to the fan base, "I'm a gambler. You know, I, 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 you know, I want to enable my guys. I'm gonna keep my foot on the gas. If we have a lead, I'm not gonna go conservative." Fans like that, generally speaking. I didn't like Pat Shermer in a 13-0 game. You, da- you you get down inside the five, you're the Giants, and it's fourth and goal. You don't go for it. There was a boy. What are you going to kick the field goal for in the second half? Did that bother you, Spaghetti, as that much was, as it bothered well, me? Well, because there was something he said when he first got the job is that, that he will go for it. And then he had an opportunity right in the beginning of the game, did not go for it. And then he went for it twice in the same drive yeah, when, that they was also weird. Mid, when they couldn't pass midfield. They only gained like 20 yards that drive. And then, yeah, he passed up on it later on. What I, are you I, doing, man? Give us a chance to win. Either go for it and leave it down there at the – three yard line or or I mean the field goal in their second half when you can't do anything they're last in the league in explosive plays and so if they need more than seven yards legitimately you have Odell Beckham on your team the offensive line is junk but only they had explosive players (laughs) it's crazy that it was all they were just they were reduced to just dump offs uh thrown over Tank Lawrence's head uh, 14 times to the rookie. That was uh, a dispiriting loss. Down 14 Thank receptions you. for 80 yards, I think it Something was, like right? That. Um, boy, oh, boy. I had a battle of the cats down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Let's get to it now. Matt, Matt, oh, wait. did So everybody's in on the Rams, and we don't have to. I'm not. I'm abstaining. You're, oh, but you're going Chargers. He's, oh, you're just he's abstaining. A oh, Matt Money Smith is a journalist. I'm not gonna, no, I'm I think gonna, they can win. I just think I'm it's a tough gonna, path. I think it's a turnover. I think I it's know, a two-turnover game. You, you said it all That's when you all. abstained. You abstained on what your pick is. He didn't say. He didn't say like, no, no, I'm going. Char-. He said, I'm yeah. All right, I'll go Chargers. That's fine. There we go. Don't do I'm me any it. favors. That's fine. It's not doing you a favor. No, I can get on the horn right now. I'll blow a call in over there to uh, Chargers HQ. You know, 
Matt, money abstain. No, I, I, I won't do that. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Dave's no snitch. Thanks for not doing that. <laughs> hey, can I? Can can you please uh, put? But no, just uh, patch me right through, right to the top. There. Yep. Da- Dave. Dean. Dean. Damashek. D a m e. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Here Here's we go. the voicemail. The <laughs> battle of the cats. Charlotte, North Carolina. The scene. Cam Newton, Superman, playing host to Andy Clay. Oh, no, it's uh, money's turn here. Andy, Superman, money. Choose. I'm going to take the Panthers. Bang! I'm going to go with the Bungles. There we go. I got Claybon with me. You're going with the Panthers, too. Explain yourself, Claybon. I I felt some positives from the Carolina offense that I didn't see. Me, too. uh, Against Dallas. And, And... Looking at the win over Baltimore, while impressive, C.J. Mosley goes out, and it's it's one of those Jenga pieces on that Ravens defense, and they were bad. They were bad without him. They, they had issues stopping a hurt Joe Mixon. Um, I, I'm excited about the Cincinnati team. I just don't think they're winning this game. I, I mean, it's, it, it already is getting for me. I've seen this before. It has one of those vibes to it in Cincinnati. It's a Cincinnati year. Doesn't it have that? Am I crazy? They can still lose. It doesn't have to yeah. do with the way Pittsburgh's playing so far. It just has a vibe like Cincinnati's gonna is going to kind of be a good team this year. They might you're, go 11. really hurting. They might go like 11, 12 <laughs> wins this year. This is, this is a decisive game yeah. for them. This will prove, uh-oh. Look out now, everybody, because uh, they're for real. Here's what they're going to do, though, specifically, is I think they're going to be able to heat up Cam. They're going to be chasing him around quite a bit. Through the in middle of that one. line, yeah. And um, and I think, uh, like I say, I, just, I mean, even without Joe Mixon back there, I think that the weapons out there for him or for, for Andy, I think he's going to consistently. By the way, do you agree with that money? Good fantasy play this year. <clears throat> this year. Ooh. Andy? Andy. Um. Under the I, don't, I don't think that A.J. Green's going to be left in single coverage with a uh, not-ready-to-cover-him defensive back in this game. You know, I, I don't think that'll happen again. So, uh, without Joe Mixon, I'm with Patrick. I just think when you got to lean on Gio, Gio, there's that point of diminishing returns um, with him, and I don't think that... Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fight. It'll be a street fight kind of game, and and I don't I think you need Joe Mixon to win that fight, and I just don't quite see Andy Dalton being able to to throw four touchdown passes in, in this contest. And, and plus, Cam can just run right at the strength. I mean, that's the great thing about Cam. It's like, all right, you got Geno Adkins. Here I come. You know, I'm six foot. I'm bigger than he is, <laughs> and I'm taking the snap, and I'm just gonna start running it down your throat when it's third and two, and you're not gonna be able to stop, and we'll grind out the clock. And I just, I love what they're doing with Christian McCaffrey. The only thing I don't like about Carolina, you know, is you want your wide receiver core to kind of everybody's got their lane, you know, and they fill that lane, and it helps. You know, it's it's kind of like the O line. It's the the five fingers on on the glove, you know, and they just kind of have this like, oh yeah, there's there's Funches, and okay, that's what he is, and what's more is he, okay, but then there's Samuel. It, it's it's not a great receiving core. They're, they're still trying to figure out what they. Yeah, want like what Samuel. what are they? What, well, what we, Samuel, but Samuel's the guy though that to me I was waiting for last year until I mean obviously before he even uh, got going he was uh, ruined for the year. But I, I'm waiting for him to be a, an X factor in that offense. I've seen I saw DJ Moore take the dig 
stiff arm a guy and run for a touchdown. I've seen enough. Yeah. I, I want DJ Moore to get the it, that's ball what I mean. as much as possible. Like it should be Funchess on one side more or put one of them in the slot. That's fine. But like the Tory Smith thing, just get him off the field. Like that's that's not as big as Cam's arm is, like that that train is left. I, I love what they do in the passing game with McCaffrey. It's like, no, you don't need to go through the A or B gap, you know, ten times. Instead we're just gonna throw you the ball in the flat. You're elusive in the open in the field. Those will be your runs and we're totally fine. It's with that. funny though, because that, that that's the thing when you say McCaffrey, it, I, how many teams like there's Dalvin Cook up in Minnesota, but then you replace him with Thunder when you want to, and that's uh, that's the mix you have in most teams. That's the thing that's intriguing to me about Curtis Samuel. He's kind of like, I, I guess, a poor man's McCaffrey on some level. Like you could have two guys like that on the field where you you might throw him the ball, you might hand it off to him. It it, it feels like there's a wealth of uh, possibility there, especially when you have one who also is a threat. It's just him. a lot of might though. It's like. I know this guy might do this. He might yeah. do that. Let's let's find out what he does. Let's it just feels it. like you could get a lot of like uh, I think fancy big eight kind of style football. Like, wait, who's getting the ball on this one? Like, like the quarterback might run it. He might hand it off to one of two guys here. I, I like just, that. I think McCaffrey's going to take another jump this year. I think he took a little jump at the end of last year. I, I I think he is so damn good, and and they're just starting to kind of figure out the best ways to use him. And I think you get him and Cam going kind of in that. If you start running a mesh or something, you know. That could be damn dangerous because Cam's just – he's impossible to deal with. He's it's just right. impossible to Remains deal. the case. Yes. There's going to be five games every year where Cam is just going to win the football right. game. No Perhaps this is one. Um, quickly, two teams that wear blue and red but have nary a victory between them. Giants, Texans. It's not on the list. Just give me your answer. Texans. Texans. Down in Houston. Down in Houston. Texans. That'll be it for Spaghetti's team for 2018. Should have taken a quarterback. As I foretold. I told – I. I mean, whatever else happens, I already told Sean O'Hara that, too. I told you this was coming. I'm not knocking the team. I just told you their record or their schedule was way too tough to start the year. But uh, speaking of teams that are in some jeopardy, there's a team that uh, hails from the banks of the Three Rivers, traveling down to one of the great stories, going Fitz Magic and Company in the Tampa St. Pete region of Florida, Patrick Claybon, Monday Night Football, Steelers, Buccaneers. <sighs> Choose. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. What? You bums. <laughs> this is now the third straight week I'm picking the Steelers. Yeah. You bums. You make us pick the Steelers every week, and I pick them every week, and it's killing my red challenge. What's I wrong with you? Why are you picking the Buccaneers? They have the best offense in the NFL. How dare you? Because the the Steelers played the actual best offense in terms yeah. of my opinion uh, last week. And they hung with and, them. And they almost, they almost did it. That's how bad the Chiefs defense is, by the way, for all the people that are writing their ticket to Atlanta. They were up 21 to nothing, and it was 21-21 in like five minutes later. That's the people. That's 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 that's, that's the aspect for all the, the, the sky is falling stuff in Pittsburgh right now. Uh, that's that's the part that people just have have not paid in. Hey, the Steelers. Uh, that was that was an exciting yeah. half hour there. For uh, I can speak as a Steelers fan. That was cool. Like, all right, we're right back in it. Right. All right, we got this. We are here. We go. Uh, the offense is still really good in Pittsburgh, uh, and I know it's really good in New Orleans, and I know it was really good. Now, granted, there was no Carson Wentz in Philadelphia, and that the, you know, they were able to trade blows with Ryan Fitzpatrick back there. And, I, yeah, I just can't do it. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what else to say. I can't do it. Shame on me for not being be able so to do it. You're so excited shooting that cannon off and yep. all that jazz There's down just, there. We've we've been here for so long. And to watch Deshaun Jackson get deep on people singled up, 
it's just not going to happen every week. Like Deshaun Jackson's just not going to be running by himself in the second. It is like a fever dream from 2012 or something. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing the deep ball to Deshaun. Wait, what? What happened? You got to give that's it. happening in 2018. I think you got to give us your Berman on that. Let's go all the way back to 2012. Come on, Dave, give it to us. <clears throat> Can I like? Let's go. Let's, let's get it. Let's see. I wish I had my. Wait, there you go. The NFC has Aaron Rodgers. It has Cam Newton. It's got Matt. Ro- Look, there are a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFC. But Ryan Fitzpatrick. Wait, I've, I've, I've lost. I've lost my fast. <laughs> Hold on. I'll be DJ. That's right, Chris. <laughs> now, look, look, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are doing something pretty special down there Where? in the big sombrero. That's right, Chris. <laughs> like Jerry and the boys sang about oh so long ago, what a long, strange trip it's been. Back on the Blitz. See you there. Oh, oh. Full circle. Well done, oh. Dave. Oh, yeah. Well done. Now, that was spectacular. Look, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip. look, there's a lot of good football. But this young man named Patrick Mahomes is doing something pretty special in Arrowhead. Back on the Blitz. <laughs> See, there we go. All right. And we're it. done. And seen. All right. I guess we don't have time. We've been way past an hour now, so we can't, yeah. uh, we're not going to get to Willie McGinnis. But the good news is you still have your opportunity to watch it because you can watch the Dave Damashek football program in video form. Head ASA and P over at NFL.com slash DDFP. And there you'll find the full show if you want to watch it that way and watch all the pleasure that we've experienced this, uh, this uh, football week. Or you can watch it segment by se- segment. Isn't that right, MOVP? We That's chop right. them all up and we provide them for you however you want. Yep. If you have, uh, you know, um, ADD, then just watch the three-minute clip. You want you you to put your feet up and enjoy 30 minutes worth of action? Hot football talk with handsome Patrick Claibon, <laughs> Willie McGinnis, Maurice Jones-Drew. Old and HPC, handsome Patrick Claibon. <laughs> Get down with HPC. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> By the way, I didn't want to interrupt you during uh, one of your monologues, but a couple of times there, uh, the dean of Los Angeles sports, Fred Rogan, came through in your voice there. Is that right? Yeah, it is right. Come on. <laughs> How dare you? That's a, that's What they need to do is turn the ball over. Money's impression of Fred Rogan is Petros's. Is that- impression of Fred Rogan, which I believe is his friend Mark Huska's impression of Fred Rogan. It's like everyone's got their own Fred, but I think that's the best one because there is a Captain Kirk quality to it. What is, oh, I never put two yeah. together. What is the, uh, and but my favorite one is for one season, the guy who's now the Pelicans play-by-play announcer. Joe Byers. Yeah, Joe Myers with, uh, what's his name, Stu Lance, you and Petros. Oh, yeah doing their broadcasts together, talking well, about it's, wine and stuff. It's odd that uh, just – and I know we got to get out of here just I real know. quick. It's odd on the Lakers broadcast that they have the analyst toss it to commercial. Normally, it's the play-by-play yeah, guy true. that does all the mechanics and the analyst does the analysis. So Joel would be like, and after that shot from Derek Fisher, the Lakers go up by two. And then <laughs> Stu will just chime in and go, on the Lakers – Basketball Network. <laughs> no go to commercial. It's just a weird handoff that Joel wouldn't just take it to break. That Stu just jumps in and always adds, on the Lakers, Basketball Network. <laughs> and then the Carl's Jr. commercial runs. <laughs> that-
that's maybe my favorite thing from uh, from the Petros and Money show that plays on AM 570 out here in L.A. But, of course, the all-time <laughs> champion was when Carl Malone and Victor uh, Rick had uh, a radio show of their own to listen to in the middays. Uh, that was yes, that was maybe the finest radio It was the, radio one, of the greatest, in, in it was one of the greatest radio shows in the history of the world. Carl Malone, not on strike. <laughs> Carl Malone, lock out. Feeling you. <laughs> Feeling you, Carl. Carl. Sitting here with the mail. Mail, I've got a question. What's that, Bick? <laughs> <laughs> now we're just entertaining ourselves. Right. Everyone's that's confused. Enough. That's more than enough. I will say real quick, I got to add this, though, right. because this was one of the great things about Stu. If they threw it to Stu and the highlight was still running and Joel left him hanging, like without doing the play-by-play of what was on the screen, Stu would inevitably, this is how he calls every single play where he a play-by-play guy. And Derek says to Kobe, you take it. And Kobe says, I don't want it. And Derek takes the shot. Oh, the Lakers. Basketball <laughs> Network. <laughs> Just the, the, his play-by-play is the greatest. You, you really do, if you can, if you come to L.A., okay. tune into Laker basketball. He's still doing Elgin it with Billy. Baylor. There's Jerry West. <laughs> There's Shaquille. Look, there have been a lot of great guys to wear the purple and gold. But Kobe Bryant is one of them. Back on the blitz. <laughs> all right, go. that's enough. That's more than enough. We'll leave now, and uh, like I say, go listen to all that stuff. Rams and Chargers, make sure you listen to – well, I mean, I'm conflicted since he's sitting here. Listen to the Chargers broadcast. Yeah. But maybe you want to listen to Maurice, too. Maybe flip back and forth a little bit, you know? Well, I know two guys on the Chargers broadcast, so for now I'll say go with uh, go with that one. But, I'm not, you know what, Maurice, too, and then uh, it's in the Coliseum, Willie McGinnis, you know, all that kind of all stuff. All that stuff. And Patrick Claybon, I uh, that was way, I mean, you know, come on, Emma. Never had a chance. <laughs> you never had a chance. You know, what, what are you thinking, Emma? You know, be better. Take a hint. Be better. <laughs> Take a hint. I don't like that. That I don't like. Um, it's the broadcast. Track it down. Daves of Thunder. Track it down. Good sports on the Adam Carolla Show. Track it down. Up to the minute on NFL Network with Patrick Claybon. I'm good. Game theory and money. I'm good. No, you tell me. Now, see, now you interrupted. I'm good. And soon to come. You you never had a chance there. Soon to come, the thick cast. Play it again. Now now this is it, and I mean it. The thick cast starring Handsome Hank and and Eddie Spaghetti. Well, they'll talk about ultra refined coconut stuff and I don't know what else. Best wishes to Sully's uh, Vols as they take their beating from the Gators (laughs) this, uh, this Saturday night. And we'll talk to you after the football weekend. For now, it's a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.